What is up, guys? We are back again, and today we are talking about something in the financial space and the area of money, something you can't avoid, some of you may hate, some of you may love. It is not financial advice. Let me go ahead and lay that out there. We are not financial advisors. If you take this advice and you lose money or make money, it's not because of us. So today we're going to talk about something that uh, will probably be foreign to most of you. Uh, and that is um, holding on to no less than one-tenth of everything that touches your hand. Uh, now, what do I mean by that? Some of you might look at this as, uh, as you do tithing to the church. You're raised in a Christian home. You're raised in a Judeo-Christian framework and ideology. And, you know, mama and dada said, better give 10% of everything that you touch to that <laughs> church when that, that plate comes around. Um, we have an interesting spin on that. Not saying you can't do that. Not saying you can't do that at all, you know? If you give one-tenth, you got nine-tenths left, okay? We're just talking about the necessity to allocate some of that other money, whether you tie it to a church or not, to some other things. Save on, want to go from there? Yes, man. Thank you for, for, for setting that up. Because when James threw out the word tithing, and uh, he was like, yo, maybe we should talk about like savings. And we were like, should we talk about some more money stuff? And you know, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm always not talking about the bread. And um, so we used the word tithe. And then initially, you know, I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. But then it's like clicks. I was like, yo, that's so perfect because so many people forget that they are God. So if you've forgotten, let me remind <clears throat> you one more time. You are God. All right. Now, if you want to debate, cool. Maybe the show ain't for you. But for those who are still here. If you are God and your body is the temple, well, then tithing is quite an appropriate word for saving thy shekels. All right. And um, I just want to share a nice little quote out of the richest man in Babylon. James got this fine red and white edition. It's kind of like an orange. Um, but anyhow, the quote goes as such. First, they looked amused. Then they laughed. Lastly, they waved their purses in jest. All right, he continued. Now I shall tell thee the first remedy I learned to cure a lean purse. Do exactly as I have suggested to the egg merchant. For every ten coins thou placest within thy purse, take out for use but nine. Thy purse will start to fatten at once, and its increasing weight will feel good in thy hand and bring satisfaction to thy soul. Deride not what I say because of its simplicity. Truth is always simple. I told thee I would tell how I built my fortune. This was my beginning. The idea of saving the bread, of the, the one-tenth of what you earn, that's 10% at a minimum. Well, if we were looking at it from that framework of tithing to yourself, what you're really doing by saving money, because there's definitely phases to it, you have a saving phase and then you have a redisbursement or an activation phase, as I like to call it, where you then deploy that savings that you have or a portion of it so you can begin to activate your capital and have your, your purse multiply, which is another one of the uh, cures to a lean purse. When you save, what you're actually doing is making an investment in yourself, which may not sound groundbreaking. I hope it doesn't. But it's this idea that you want to be there for yourself in the future. Because how things are now may not be how they are later. That's almost entirely 
going to be the case. <laughs> Almost certainly. And the difference will be, yeah. are you in a better place? Are you in a tougher place? Yeah, not even worse. That's not even, you know. Yeah. Ideally, elevation comes with a, a, a easier movement through life. I was listening to a really good uh, affirmation video yesterday and just the way she was describing some of the statements. I'm like, it's, it's a lot of it's kind of what we're getting at in our, our affirmation video, but the ability to, to have ultimate choice over everything you do in life. And it's not a matter of can you, it's which one do I want? It's optionality. Optionality, man. And if somebody is always on their last, or they're on the verge of being on their last, uh, you start moving out of necessity and obligation and scarcity, which then aligns you with that frequency and it's it becomes far more yeah. dif- difficult, difficult. <laughs> See, I'm feeling like Ricardo today because I have not <laughs> caught my hair. <laughs> yeah. But it makes it harder to just be in that state where you are feeling abundantly truly and not just fake it till you make it. But you really feel that way because the difference between having what you need for today and tomorrow and only having what you need for today is massive. Because it always means that you got a, you got cushion of worry. Yeah. And so when you start at that place and you tie to yourself, 10% is the absolute bare, bare minimum. In a perfect world, literally an ideal world, you save 90% of your money because you only need to live off of 10 of it because you got so much coming in relative to your expenditure and how you've structured your life as far as your uh, overhead goes. But I think it's odd. It's not odd. It was designed this way. That based on, you know, when the Spanish came over, the conquistadores, when they, when they got here and in other countries and they set up such an infrastructure because they are inextricably linked to the banks as well. If you really take it back and you start looking at the Knights Templar and all this other shit, you know, and it's <laughs> like, you know, you got to pay gang gang to be like, hey, all this money we holding from the, from the, the congregation, we got to put it somewhere. You're like, we really got to activate this capital. Hey, call up Medici. Hey, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him let's put a deal together. You know, and people will grow up, especially in the South or Bible Belt, feeling this this compulsion. They'll give their last to the church, but still be late on their bills. They'll give their last to the friar, al sacerdote, but they don't got enough for the lose, bruh. And... That's one thing if you're only looking out for yourself. If you're single, you have no dependence, fuck your money up. Go for it. Yep. It'll be a hell of a time. Go out with a bank. You can also recover a whole lot faster if it's just you. But once you start to factor in other people. Partners. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters. Kids. Children. If you're in any of those situations... I think the the gravity or the importance of having that rainy day fund, the savings so that you can transition because you can't really safely transition to capital activation and deployment if you do not have savings. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> because then it's it just, an idea. It becomes more like gambling. It becomes more risky depending on how you are investing your money because most people don't want the slow and steady game. They want the like change my life today game. And... If you have no savings, they want the ass coin. Yeah, <laughs> right. They want to buy cummies because Elon Musk <laughs> is tweeting about it. But 
it's really not a complicated thing, and we don't we're not gonna beat the horse here today, but truly maybe having a separate episode on just the power of saving and tithing to yourself will drive home that like if you start there, you literally can be a trillionaire. Yeah. If you don't know how to save, you will be broke your whole life. And it's interesting, when I was growing up, I uh, I set aside uh, so 30% of all the, the bread that touched my hands from lawn care business all the way up to working with the electrician to then going into the bar scene and, and what have you there. Like all of that until I started doing photography. When I wasn't quote unquote a business, when it was just me, you know, when I was just hustling, um, I would take, when I was in the church with my family, I would take 10% of everything and whoosh, there we go. But I would take another 20%. And it would go to the, James, you're never fucking touching this. This is 20, 30% of your money. You're doing whatever you want with 70%. But 30% of your money is going over here, no holes barred. You don't get to touch it. But that, because I did that, that is how I bought a vehicle in 2012 in cash. That lasted me all the way until this past fall. From 2013, well, December of 2012, all the way until fall of 2020 it lasted me that long because i was able to save when i was a kid because i was able to save um all through high school literally didn't necessarily and you know i was more well off i didn't i didn't necessarily need to even have worked the amount of times that i worked but um because of the practices instilled in me by my mom and dad you when go. I was younger, it was, you know, I had a little bit more financial literacy than most of my friends did, sure. even if my friends had more access to money, mm-hmm. which is also an interesting thing. I had more money as a, as a, as a kid, right? As an adolescent individually, way less money familially mm-hmm. as my quote unquote friends did. Most of them are acquaintances I've never spoken to again, but had less money familially than they did. They're in, you know, $1.2 million houses, driving more cars than they got family members. Mm-hmm. We're not living like that. We're in a three hundred dollars or $400,000 house in the middle of a very affluent uh, city, Peachtree mm-hmm. City. People are familiar, golf cart capital of the world, right close to the airport. You know, it is something where most people that work for Delta that are based in Atlanta live in Peachtree City. Okay, there's a lot of money there. But it's interesting that we were, quote unquote, the least well off, but... All the hustling I did, I was closer to the richest kid mm-hmm. because I was able to actually put into practice these things that most people would go out and, you know, they're using a fake ID or they're paying an older sister, an older mm-hmm. brother to buy $400 worth of alcohol for the weekend. And I'm like, if I make a thousand, uh, 200 of that is going in savings and I'm not touching it, period. Mm-hmm. And at that time it was going into CDs, right? And just like six months at a time, I would just re up. yield. Yeah. And just, Hey, I mentally, I don't have that money. Mm-hmm. It's straight up not there. It's not an option. So if anything goes wrong, it goes fucky. Cool. It's on the money that I have after that 30% mm-hmm. is, is done. Um, but then it's interesting. At some point along the line, you know, starting LLCs and doing other things, I stopped saving that money because now it was like, okay, the company's making X and then I can only take this so that the company can continue to run. Mm-hmm. So I got away from the practice because I would have to live way under my means. But I'm coming to realize that that is absolutely the better thing to do, even if I take, even if the money that I take home is a smaller percentage from what the company makes, but then taking and still splitting out that percentage for myself, quote unquote, that would be an investment or what have you, not keeping that in the company, running that in a different account, transferring that, 
uniswapping that into whatever and doing what I need to do with it, but acting as if I don't have it. Yeah. Because I don't think that anyone is going to get, you can have financial literacy, but you're not going to get to, to wealth by thinking that you have all of that there. No, there has if it's to. Because e- if it's as easy as me reaching out and grabbing it, yeah. you're going to lose it or you're going to spend it or you're going to find a reason or something's going to happen. And it could, but the point of having those systems and structures yeah. in place is so it's like, even if I felt like, you know, engaging an urge or an impulse that day, I can't. Yeah, it's physically too difficult for yeah, me to do it. it's too much running around. I got to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then I got to pay, I got to pay this fee to pull it here yeah. and this fee to pull it. Like, <laughs> you go ahead and I, you call it, um, isolate, what's the word I'm looking for? You, um, you, damn, we both know the word we're talking about. You compartmentalize. Mm, yes, no? but no. Okay. Uh, when you when you put yourself in a fortress, you fortify. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fortify the money in such a way where it's more difficult for you to use, yeah. unless it's an emergency, than it is for you to just flippantly go and yank it because yeah. uh, you want to remove the, the convenience yeah. from it. Absolutely, because if it is convenient, there's a much higher probability that you spend it on something that you shouldn't, or something that you think you need, mm-hmm. or you think you need now, but can wait, and yeah. you could. Take the money from you can take the yield that you're and, and start stacking it and prolong the purchase. Yeah, you know, and I've said this on the episode before, but one of my old mentors, Ben Jackson, I guess he's still a mentor. He's older than me. Yeah. Uh, also, he just recently had an addition to his family. Congratulations if you happen to be listening to this. Um, but one thing he told me several years ago, I think it was shit, it was probably like 2013 or 2014. He has said that um if you can't afford to buy something twice, mm. You can't afford it because the idea being, at least his practice. So if he wants to go buy a Raptor, this is the story he was telling. He's like, I want to go get the Raptor, you know, like let's call it 80 grand. He's like, but if I can't buy two of them right now and still be, you know, solid, solid and have everything else the way I want it to, then for me right now, I can't afford it. Because what he does, he recommended is when you go buy that Raptor, drop the 80 grand. You then take another 80 grand and you throw that in your long-term savings that you don't touch. So if you can't afford to remove 80 grand from your liquid pot, in addition to the 80 grand that's going to come out of the pocket for buying that thing, so that's the idea if you, if you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. And for some people, it's like, damn, well, I don't like that because then that's me a whole lot of shit I can't afford. It's like, all right, well then. Figure out your cash flow. Figure out your cash flow. And, uh, and there's so many things one can do to systematize to optimize exactly how they live their life. And that's one thing we teach people how to really leverage blockchain tech to build these automatic wealth generating streams, how to actually secure their funds in a way that keeps it very inconvenient to spend, but actually keeps it secure and not just like, oh, well, I believe the bank when they tell me my money's there, you know, but hopefully we don't all want to go get our money on the same day because then we all fucked, right? Yeah. Some people are more fucked than others. And you just can't, Get past it, man. If you don't know how to tithe to yourself so that you can be in a better position to activate and deploy your capital so that it can grow on autopilot and eventually live off of the interest earned and not touch the principal, you're going to be struggling financially. I ain't going to say you're going to be broke, but you damn sure won't be wealthy. You won't. And uh, for those of you that have made it thus far that still can't get over save on calling you a god, uh, even if you don't believe that you are, this still applies. Even if you pull up on church every Sunday and you don't believe you're a god, 
still minimum take 10% of everything and throw it in somewhere where it can make you more money goodness we're <laughs> we're so willing to subscribe aggressively run devout on a handful of things but why is it that we can't get these personal finances in check i'm telling you you got folks who will goddamn stop eating food for 30 days a year also, they can have favor of some imaginary being. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't fast and make sacrifices. That's a very powerful thing. Just know why you're doing it and be in alignment with who you're sacrificing to. And yeah. Secret, secret. It should be to yourself. <laughs> you know, but what do I know? I'm just a young whippersnapper out here, man, trying to pull some of the games that have been gained for hundreds of years, serve yeah. people well for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. regardless of the persuasion. And, uh, and just pay it forward a little bit, man. You know, we get on here, we talk our shit on a weekly basis. And this money thing, bro, you can't outrun it. You can't escape it. If you go to Mars, you're still going to have a money thing going on there. It doesn't might, matter. It might be a different fiat. might be a different transfer. But right. you're going to still have to exchange value and in some form or fashion. <laughs> so if you'd rather hop off of the conveyor belt of debt slavery... And having to exchange your time. And there's no way to... <laughs> you can't hack that time, motherfucker. It's hard to do that. Then, you know, you probably want to put yourself in a position to start building some wealth. And the sooner you make that pivot, the better it will be long term. So think about it. Think about it. Start tithing to yourself. And we will see you next week. Um, everything, as always, is on YouTube, uh, full length, and we've got our snippets, videos, if you want to see our actual reactions when we're saying certain things and not just have to guess and close your eyes. Uh, we're also long form on all audio, uh, just about all audio is brought to my attention. We're not on everything, but we're close enough. Mm -hmm. We're on everything that y'all use. Mm -hmm. Most of you only use Apple Podcasts and Spotify anyways. Uh, you don't even know how to open Beaker. You don't even know what that is, so... It's all good. We appreciate you being here. Um, as Avon said on, on one of our previous episodes, if you feel you bring something unique to the table and you would like to come on as a guest, get in touch with one of us. You have direct lines to our social. You have direct lines to our email. That's also um, in Anchor. It is also on Spotify. Um, you can also comment on anything on YouTube. Uh, we would love to, uh, to go down on some topics uh, that you know maybe we're not smeeze on. We'd love to have somebody on that uh, that is something that people need to hear. So, if that's you, uh, you know, if that if that shoe fits, wear it, Cinderella. If not, just keep listening, and uh, we will catch you next week. Thank y'all. Peace.